don't you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? I'm just going to read one verse this morning, and it's been uh, the central scripture in the series that we've been in uh, for the past month. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Lord, bless your word today. Bless uh, this time together as we just explore a little bit further what it means to have the gift of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So we've been exploring, and I think Josh began the series with this whole idea of unwrapping, and I like that, that language, unwrapping uh, the gift of Jesus, and we've been exploring this for the past few weeks, and I, I want to, this morning I want to give some gifts. Everybody say, oh, gifts, right? Are you excited? I want to give some gifts kind of just to illustrate a little bit about um, uh, what it means to receive the gift of Jesus, and, 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 and uh, you know, these gifts are, are, are special to me. I mean, I took a lot of time picking these gifts. And, and when I think about gifts, there, there's things that each gift should have. First of all, a gift should have some value, right? If you're getting a gift, you know, you don't want somebody to wrap up dirt and give it to you in a box, right? A gift should have some value. So I had the first gift. Where's Chris Davis? Is he in here? Chris, I want to give you the first gift. This gift has value and... Um, just take your time coming up here, Chris. No, no hurry. I mean, it's uh... And so as I thought about the gift of value, I, I couldn't think of anything more valuable than, well, not that, sorry. That's another gift. <laughs> another card. That is a $5 gift card to McDonald's. Yeah, this is a highly valuable gift. You know, if you buy a value meal for a dollar, you can add a McRib. So I just basically just gave you five McRibs. And there's enough calories in five McRibs to feed Chris for almost a month, I believe. Yeah, there you go. There you, go. You, you, you can be seated. So a gift needs to have value, right? When you get a gift, you want it to have some sort of value. But you don't like, you know, gift certificates and money, although they're great to give, to get, right? Uh, you, you don't want to give, you know, under the Christmas tree, you don't want to have just a bunch of cards with cash in it, unless you're the one getting the cash and, and, and the gift cards, right? You want a gift to be used. And, and so, Jay, yeah, so, so we buy gifts to be used, and, and I thought, what, what could I get somebody? Jay, oh, this is an extremely useful, go ahead, can you open that for us? I wrap these all myself, not these. Uh, what is it? It's fruit cake. Fruity cake. And, and I want you to know, this isn't any, it's just any fruit cake. This is pre-sliced. You know, knife. You guys can eat this during the service. So you know, a gift needs to be useful, and you, you can you can sit down. That's all the gifts here. You're welcome. And, and I think you can keep that for like five years, and it'll still be as good as it is, as fresh as it is today. But you know, fruit cake's good, and you know it's useful. But 
don't we want gifts that are practical and, and useful, right? You, you want your gifts to be useful or practical or something that, you know, is used every... Rick, come here. I, I've got a practical gift here. And, and I tell you, this has your name written all over it. Uh, you know, a practical... Go ahead, Rick. It's not going to blow up on you. Socks. And these aren't just any socks. These are reindeer socks. And the ama- Now, your feet may be bigger. The amazing thing is these socks fit feet sizes 4 through 10. So in other words, if you have feet this morning, most likely these socks will fit you. Not, and I expect you to wear those next Sunday. Now, I, I did actually get an extra pair of the feet. That the, anybody want reindeer socks? Okay, here. Yeah. Kim, come here. You can have the reindeer socks. Woo, good catch. So, you know, gifts should be useful. Gifts should be, should be um, a value. Gifts should be practical. I, I think gifts should bring joy. Mark, come here. I, I, I tell you, you know, the best gifts bring joy to somebody's life. And, and, man, I thought long and hard about a gift that would bring joy. Can you, can you open this for us, Mark? That's right. Ernest saves Christmas. <laughs> I, I believe, you, you know, there's, there's Citizen Kane, and then there's Ernest saves Christmas. You know, there's Henry Fonda, and then there's, what's Ernest's, Ernest's real name? Anybody know who Ernest is other than me, right? Ernest was the guy in the commercials that they made movies about the commercials. He'd say, you know what I mean? <laughs> I believe Ernest saves Christmas is based on a true story, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. So, But, you know, a gift should be, it should have value. It, it should be used. It, it should be practical. It should, it should be something that, that, that brings joy to life. The best gifts bring joy to life. I think the very best gifts are the gifts that bring families together, right? Joe, come here. I, I, I think this, this gift has your name written all over it. You know, a, a gift that can bring a family together. Can, the, oh, that's right. Yeah, right? Twister. And I'm, I believe that there is a rebate for one free chiropractic visit after playing that. You know, so, so a gift should have value. It, it should be useful. It, it should be practical. Uh, you know, if it brings joy to people, that's, that's the perfect kind of gift. If it can bring people together, closer together, that, that's important. But, but most of all, shouldn't a gift be personal, right? Don't, don't you like those gifts that are personal? June, where's June Ackley? Is she in here? Come in here, June. Come up here. So, so I wanted to give a gift that was highly personal, that only I could give. And June, I, I, I think you'll like this. Go ahead. Would you open this? Oh, come on. It's not that wrap that good. Okay. 
That's right. My senior picture. Can you put that? Can you fl- and, and, you know, I expect when I visit that to be hanging prominently. Now, if you would exchange, I could show, I could give you a cute paw, uh, but I only have that in 11 by 17 print. Uh, so, you know, and that's canvas. You know, all those things. Gifts, the best gifts are the gifts that, that have value, the, the gifts that are useful, the gifts that, that are practical, the, the gifts that bring joy, and, and the gifts that, that, that somehow bring people together, the, the, the gifts that are personal. These are the best gifts. And this morning, I didn't wrap any of these. Uh, Tammy Jacob coordinated team. I think Dee participated. I believe Angela participated. I think June participated. I think Kim participated. I believe uh, uh, Josh even participated. Okay, Josh didn't participate. He refused. We had a whole team of people that, that wrapped these. And, and, and so I have a gift for everyone in here that meets all those characteristics. It, it is, it's a value. It, it's a gift that's practical. It's useful. It, it's a gift that brings people together. It's a gift that will bring joy. And it's a personal gift. And I, our kids are going to distribute those. And, and Amy's going to come and play while we're distributing this. And, and, and then I'll give you some instructions on, on how to unwrap Has everyone received one? Isn't this beautifully wrapped? You know, I I asked Tammy to do this, and, you know, I was just thinking, let's slap some paper on it. (laughs) But but she did such a, and her team did such a beautiful job. And as I I look at the beauty of the the wrapping of the paper, um, the, the truth of it is that sometimes you'll get gifts that are wrapped very beautifully, but inside... They're not all that, it's, eh, yeah. it looked a lot better than it was when I opened it. Can I tell you, what's inside this box is far more beautiful than any package you'll ever see. Well, what's in this box has such immense value and significance and, and, and all those things that we talked about in kind of a silly way, there's no silliness to this. It's all serious and significant. Go ahead and unwrap that. I'm hearing the unwrapping slow down, and this little cup represents the greatest gift we've ever been given. This little cup represents the gift of Jesus Christ. And as we've been unpacking all these images in, in Isaiah 9-6, the, 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 the wonderful counselor, the, the mighty God, the, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, these are all found in Jesus Christ. And he's represented in what we receive pretty routinely, this, this rite, this sacrifice, this sacrament of communion. Today we're talking about the, the Prince of Peace, and the, the Prince of Peace is using this, this great Hebrew word. What's the Hebrew word for peace? Shalom. You know, peace, using the word peace, does not give enough emphasis to the importance of this, work, this word to, to Jewish people. See, peace is, is not just the absence of conflict, but peace is the wholeness of, of God. And, and in Jesus Christ, we find 
wholeness. And, and this cup represents his gift. And, and Jesus brings meaning to our day-to-day life. You ever think about that, that, that central to worship? That we, we've been, Christians have been experiencing the sacrament of communion, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist from the beginning. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about this rite of communion, the Lord's Supper, that they're already receiving in the church, which means that before there was the New Testament, since 1 Corinthians, probably the oldest written book in the New Testament, before the New Testament church had the New Testament, the Bible, they were experiencing and practicing this central rite of communion. And so we join, when we receive communion, the universal church, both from the beginning and until the end, but the church all over the world in celebrating this. Throughout Marysville this morning, you are joining other believers in receiving communion. I've received communion in several different parts of the world. And, and I got to tell you, it just, always, it just always amazes me that when I'm doing that, someone in America, someone in Africa, somewhere in India, somewhere in, in South America, people are receiving this very thing, sacrifice, sacrament. And in receiving this, I, I'm always kind of amazed. Jesus uses this very practical, very everyday thing, bread and wine. He doesn't use something unusual. He uses bread and wine. And, and I think when we think about that, it tells us that, that God isn't just wanting to try to bring meaning, meaning to our spiritual uh, circumstance, but he, Jesus brings meaning to our ordinary day-to-day life. Do you, do you believe it's possible that the gift of Jesus is so significant that not only does he want to make this place holy, but he wants to make your family supper holy? I think it does. See, I think Jesus wants to invade every part of your life. I think when you sit down in the living room with your kids and you turn the television on and you're spending time together or you're playing games, that somehow God wants to invade those ordinary activities of life and make them holy. Jesus brings meaning to our ordinary day-to-day life. Jesus brings joy. I hope you found the joy of Jesus. Have you ever thought about this? What do we celebrate? What's central in, in, in Christian worship is this sacrament of communion, a feast that the imagery is all over this, that, that God is using this feast to illustrate the coming of his kingdom. And as a matter of fact, when it talks about the end of time, and, and this feast is symbolic not of, only of this day, but the coming day when we're going to be in God's presence, and it's going to be joy. That would be a good time to say amen. And we just celebrate this feast. Feast with our heavenly Father, and the table's full, and, and we, we drink from these little cups and eat these little bites, but they represent something much bigger and much greater. Jesus brings people together. You, you, you have the sacrament of, 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 of the Lord's Supper, and it represents table fellowship. In other words, when Jesus is um, 
initiating this ritual, this sacrament to be part of, of Christian worship, what he's saying is that it's important that you eat together. See, in their time, there was people you would eat with and people you wouldn't eat with. And Jesus is saying that is no more. Whether you're a slave or a master, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, whoever you are, whatever your title, whether you're educated, uneducated, wherever you've come from, if you belong to me, you belong to the same table. And so this morning, we celebrate communion together because there's something significant in eating together. Finally, Jesus sacrificed the gift of Jesus as Jesus gave of himself. Jesus says, this is my body. This is my blood. It's not something that you've earned, but but I have freely given of myself so you can experience the shalom, the peace, the wholeness of God. There's a scripture that we're going to read. Josh, why don't you come up here with me before we, re, we, we receive communion that we're going to read responsively. Go ahead and put the first screen up. We'll, we'll open together and, and then I'll read and then Josh will lead you in reading and it'll be up there, Josh, for you. Why don't we stand to do this together? This is... um. From First Peter, it's First Peter one three through twenty five. It's 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 based. It's it's the NIV. There's a couple places uh, that that I've changed the wording very slightly, just so that it's personal. You know, I've not changed any of the meanings, but it's, in some places, instead of saying you, we're saying I, or or you know, we're, we're possessing the words. Let's go. Let's read this together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. You may be seated. You can prepare your communion now, and if you have any difficulty, if when you twist off the top, if you twist it, the, the cellophane that covers the, um, 
the wafer will come loose. If you see anyone struggling, help them. Can we pray together? Our Heavenly Father, um, may we not take for granted this gift of Jesus Christ. This wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You bring hope and wholeness to the lives of those who've placed their trust in you. And Lord, we're, we're preparing to receive this holy sacrament of communion. This, this sacrament that has been in place in the church from the beginning. It's a celebration of who you are and what you've done. It's a celebration of one table. It's a celebration of a feast to come at the end. All these things are present as we receive this Thanksgiving meal called communion. Lord, I ask that you um, help us to examine our hearts. Lord, this Christmas season, may there be nothing that proves to be a barrier between our hearts and you. May may we fully trust you, may we fully follow you, and Lord, may, may we just live lives that are holy. The price, the cost that was paid so we could be restored was great. Jesus gave up of his own body. He suffered and died so that we could have the peace of God. In one place, it talks about the peace of God surpassing all understanding. In other words, that the peace of God, the wholeness of God, is not based on the circumstances of life, but the trust and hope a believer has when they place that trust and that hope fully in Jesus Christ. So that's what we do. We trust you. We thank you. And Lord, we lift our lives to you as living sacrifices to use as you will. In Jesus' name we pray. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, eat and be thankful. The cup represents his blood. His blood was shed freely for you. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. Say that with me. Without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins. Christ shed his blood for yours. And in shedding his blood, we find peace and wholeness and life. Drink and be thankful. Lord, we're thankful for this time. And Lord, we want to celebrate what you've done in our life. So Lord, help us now in these next few moments as we sing a couple more songs that our hearts will be... um, Our words and our voices will reflect the joy that we have because of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.